This is The Wrap, episode 38, a weekly show bringing you the movie news and cool stuff that happened throughout the week. Today is Friday, July 12, 2013, and I am your host, TJ. Starting off, taking a look at the box office for last weekend, it looks like Gru stole the box office cash box, because Despicable Me 2 took the number one spot with a budget of $76 million. It has currently, as of Monday, I should say, a worldwide total of $293.1 million. It opened to $82.5 million domestically. It made $142 million total domestically and $151 million foreign. So I think we can safely say that on a budget of $76 million, this is a huge success for the team that made Despicable Me. And, you know, I liked it better than the first Despicable Me film for sure. Um, I, I did not like that well, the first Despicable Me film. This one is a far better film in my estimation, uh, even if it does focus a little bit on uh, the slapstick humor and a little less on the, um, uh, how shall you say, Pixar has a much higher level of humor, I think is what I'm trying to say. But, you know, I was I was happy enough with the film and uh, glad that Gru is giving up his life of crime. Number two was The Lone Ranger, but even though it's in the number two spot, I think we can safely consider this film a flop. On a budget of $215 million. talk about your budget bloat. It brought in $29.4 million over the weekend. So its current worldwide total with domestic and foreign total in is $73.2 million, which is a little bit of a shame, actually, because I liked the film well enough. It had some weaknesses. I talked about that on the Movie Byte podcast. There were some things that I didn't like so much about it. Um, and certainly like the framing device of using uh, Tonto, old t- mannequin Tonto, to tell the story to a little kid. It just seemed completely unnecessary and lengthened an already long film. But I'm a little surprised, well, I'm kind of surprised that it's not doing better. At the same time, I think we're wearing out Johnny Depp, and I think uh, people are just not willing to go see him in another role right now after the whole Pirates of the Caribbean thing. Um, so... I, and, and, you know, the other thing, I've heard a lot of things bandied about about the Native American portrayal. And, you know, Tonto is not representing your average Native American, so I don't really get it. In fact, there are other Native Americans in the film, and they're fine. So it's a little frustrating. I certainly liked it better than Despicable Me 2, at least a little bit. Um, and it's worth seeing. So I did not feel the way that's the same way most critics felt about it. Number three was The Heat, uh, on a budget of $43 million. It brought in $25 million over the weekend for a total of $92.5 million worldwide. We'll see how that film keeps doing. I think it's going to keep sneaking up. Number four was Monsters University. Number five, World War Z. Number six, White House Down. Number seven, Man of Steel. Number eight, Kevin Hart, Let Me Explain. I don't even know what this film is. I don't even know how it got on the box office charts, and I've never heard of it before last weekend, before Monday. So... Um, kind of odd. Don't know what it is, but that was number eight. All right. I also posted on Monday a David Chen video comparing Superman and Man of Steel soundtracks. I have to admit that this is one of the few instances when I prefer John Williams' original score for Superman over a Hans Zimmer score, uh, who scored Man of Steel. David Chen does a pretty good job of laying out the differences of the music and, uh, I, you know, I recommend the video. He, of course, likes both uh, probably equally as well from what I could gather in this video from what he talked about. I prefer John Williams, but that's just me. And I know many people liked Man of Steel's score from Hans Zimmer. Uh, Speaking of Man of Steel, Russell Crowe would be interested in doing a Man of Steel prequel. Uh, According to ComingSoon.net, Russell Crowe has been receiving a lot of questions from his fans on Twitter, asking him if he'd consider reprising his role of Jarrell in Man of Steel on a prequel. And the actor says he's game. 
A lot of you are asking about Krypton prequel. It's that if that's something you feel strongly about, let at Legendary Pictures know your thoughts, he said. He added in response to someone, just getting sick of reading the same question, mate. However, if it came up, I'd give the tights another go. Well, that's certainly an interesting thought, um, you know, because I really liked the um, the Krypton, the view of Krypton that we got uh, in Man of Steel. It was one of the few things I liked about the film, and it's certainly an interesting thought to see kind of what led up to this point where Krypton was in such a sorry state, and then they overmined their planet, and the, uh, you know, the planet exploded. Um, so it would be interesting, and I certainly would like to get more of Jor-El. Uh, he was a very good element in Man of Steel, and unfortunately, I don't know that we would get in much of him in a Man of Steel sequel. So a prequel is kind of an interesting idea. I don't know. But at the same time, I didn't like Man of Steel, so who knows? I don't know. I'd be interested in seeing what that would be about. Um, the Wolverine fi- uh, train fight sequence clip. Um, this said to me that, um, boy, I-, I-, I, was not, I was not happy with the shaky cam quality and the lack of good choreography in this clip. But then there were some other clips that came out uh, later in the week that made me think, well, maybe there is something a little more to this film. But this clip did not make me happy. But that's in the show notes if you want to take a look. Neil Blomkamp will not be directing a third installment uh, of the reboot franchise of Star Trek. Um, There was some rumors and some uh, thoughts about that. But um, according to Emma Dibidin on Digital Spy, despite admitting that he's a fan of the Star Trek universe, Blomkamp told films that he's not interested in franchise filmmaking. I used to be a Star Trek The Next Generation fan, like big time, he explained, but no, I probably wouldn't do that. So there you go. He has ruled himself out. Of course, we've heard directors rule themselves out before and then get pulled in anyway, but it doesn't look likely that he would direct Star Trek, which is kind of too bad because it would be an interesting idea to see what he could bring to the Star Trek franchise. J.J. Uh, Abrams has typically gone a little too uh, glossy for me, and I think Blomkamp might bring a little bit more grittiness to the to the franchise. So it's a little bit unfortunate, but we'll see uh, who will direct a third installment because Paramount will be aiming to bring Star Trek to the big screen for its 50th anniversary in 2016, and J.J. Uh, Abrams simply will not be available to have it on the screen by that time, given his commitments to Star Wars. CBS and Netflix have extended their licensing deal according to Deadline.com. CBS has extended its multi-year licensing agreement for its library content with Netflix. Under the revised deal, new titles such as LA Complex, 4400, and CSI New York will be available to Netflix subscribers. The agreement will also include several CBS series already on Netflix, including Jericho, Medium, and Flashpoint, along with episodes from all generations of Star Trek as well as Twin Peaks. As far as I'm concerned, any content deals with Netflix are good news because the more we can get uh, away from the traditional network model and traditional rental models and get to uh, more of an online delivery system for TV shows, uh, future, you know, present, past, and future, uh, I'm all on board with that. And so it's good good to hear that CBS is making an arrangement with Netflix because Netflix is certainly on the forefront of this battle. And they're certainly my preferred choice when browsing and trying to find uh, TV shows and things that are not current. Current, of course, you have to go to Hulu and see if they're available there, and oftentimes they're not. But for the most part, movies and TV shows, I prefer Netflix. It's a very good experience. All right, um, we had an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. promo featuring Agent Grant Ward. And this, to me, was a pretty big appetite wetter for the upcoming Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, just, just to give you a line of dialogue to consider uh, from that uh, from that promo. Uh, a off-screen uh, female voice says to Agent Grant Ward, what does S.H.I.E.L.D. stand for, Agent Ward? And he says, Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. 
And she says, what does that mean to you? And he says, someone really wanted our initials to spell out S.H.I.E.L.D. And that, to me, that is so funny, and it's such a Joss Whedon line. I mean, that is one of the Whedoniest Joss Whedon lines ever. And this is why I am glad that something with Joss Whedon's fingerprints is coming back to TV. Being a big Buffy and Angel fan, uh, that was the sort of writing we got used to, the the wittiness and the the making fun of yourself and the not-too- Serious, but yet good serious drama at the same time. It was a really good mix and uh, just top notch. His writing is top notch. His shows, most for the most part, have been top notch. And so I'm excited for something that he has his fingerprints on to be coming back to the big screen. I'll be looking forward to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. when it comes out this fall. Uh, franchise necessities. Uh, live action The Jungle Book is on its way. Uh, according to Kevin Jagernoth of The Playlist. Uh, So here we go with The Jungle Book. As THI reports, Disney has just hired Justin Marks, who penned an early draft of the studio's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea reboot, to write the script. Uh, And he says, listen, it's just the bare franchise necessities, which is why this is happening. Though since Rudyard Kipling's stories are in the public domain, it means they have competition from Warner Brothers, who have their own Mowgli feature brewing, penned by Harry Potter dude Steve Kloves. So... You know, I'm not super interested and excited in this, but uh, I would say that uh, The Jungle Book was kind of a beloved, you know, movie of mine when I was growing up. I watched it, I don't know how many times, 50 bazillion or so uh, when I was growing up, and uh, so I'd be interested to see what they do, but uh, the animated Jungle Book will always have a place in my heart. Of course, there was a live-action Jungle Book before Disney's 1967 animated uh, film from 1942 that was not very good. I've I watched it a few times as a kid. For some reason, we had it, and my memories of it are not fond like they are of the animated version. There is apparently a live-action Jungle Book from 1994 that I was not aware of that features uh, Jason Scott Lee, Carrie Elwes, Sam Neill, and John Cleese, among others. So I would be interested in seeing that. That sounds like a, a top-rated uh, cast, and uh, I hadn't heard of it before, interestingly enough, so I may be giving that a go. But And it would be interesting to see, is this a complete reboot of The Jungle Book, or will it feature these same characters from the 1994 uh, version of the live-action Jungle Book? So we'll have to see how that goes. We we don't know for sure at this time. Uh, Star Trek Into Darkness home video release dates. Um, so uh, according to Matt Wright at TrekMovie.com, the dates for the U.S. home video release of J.J. Abrams' Star Trek Into Darkness have been announced. It comes earlier than expected. Paramount is also trying something other studios have been toying with in the last year or so by offering an earlier release date of August 20th, 2013 for the digital download version. Compared to physical disc releases, that comes a few few weeks later on September 10th. So that, to me, is an awesome turn of events. I'm glad to see, as I mentioned already about Netflix, even more digital downloads uh, and and push toward that. Um, And I will certainly be getting my copy uh, via iTunes the instant it becomes available because it was one of the better Star Trek films, in my opinion. So the question now is asked, will Vin Diesel be in Avengers 2? According to Chris Egerton, Eger, I'm sorry, Egerton on HitFix, the Riddick star took his official fan page this evening, uh, took to his official fan page this evening to offer a brief update on that Marvel meeting he revealed late last month. Marvel meeting today, dot, dot, dot. Only the people in the room can tell you what was discussed. And then, uh, he also apparently posted a picture of him standing next to a um, an Avengers poster of some kind. So uh, what I want to know is Toretto coming to uh, driving up to help kick some butt, or maybe Riddick makes an appearance, uh, and I say, hey, you never know. So 
uh, you know, I don't know. I don't care, know if I care too much. It's just interesting related to the Avengers 2, which I'm looking forward to. So take that for what it's worth. On Wednesday, uh, Chad and I recorded another episode of the Movie Bite podcast. This was Chad's second episode. He survived round one and uh, held his own. And uh, so he was with me again on the Movie Bite podcast. Co- <laughs> I can't speak this morning. The Movie Bite podcast episode 51, which we entitled Hi Ho Silver. We also had a special guest, uh, Michael Fizzle of Real World, Real World Theology. I will get my tongue to cooperate with me momentarily. Um, and we discussed trailers. We discussed the upcoming uh, show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We talked about uh, movie news. And then we reviewed Despicable Me 2 and The Lone Ranger. Interestingly, though they liked Despicable Me much better than I did, I liked Despicable Me 2 better than they did. And then Chad and I talked about The Lone Ranger. So you want to check out that podcast. It is moviebyte.com slash mbpodcast slash 51. Uh, we also found out on Thursday that 3D has hit an all-time low with Despicable Me 2, though Despicable Me 2 sales have been strong. Not many people bought the 3D tickets. This is exciting news to me because I'm so ready to be over this 3D gimmick. I do not like 3D films. I, I they, Not only does it give me a headache, I don't feel it is a satisfying way to present the art form of film. And so I'm happy for this news and uh, hope that this trend continues and that we can stop making the gimmicky 3D movies. It has been confirmed that Sam Mendes will return for Bond 24, as it's being called by all of us at the moment, because it has no other title. It'll be the 24th Bond film. This is according to Andrew Sims over at Hypable. I'm very pleased that by giving me the time I need to honor my, all my theater commitments, the producers have made it possible for me to direct Bond 24, said Mendes in a statement today. I very much look forward to taking up the reins again and working with Daniel Craig, Michael Wilson, and Barbara Broccoli for a second time. Uh, with today's announcement, we learned that Bond 24 will be released October 23rd, 2015 in the United Kingdom and November 6th, 2015 in the United States. And as far as I'm concerned, this is good news for the Bond franchise. The first two uh, Daniel Craig films were not the greatest, and the third one was certainly the best of those of those uh, Daniel Craig films. So having the same director come back seems like a win situation for me. And uh, finally today, uh, no, I actually have two more things, so almost finally. Today we get a Saving Mr. Banks trailer uh, starring Tom Hanks and Emma Thompson. Tom Hanks will be playing uh, Walt Disney, and Emma Thompson is playing P.L. Travers, uh, who I just recently learned wrote Mary Poppins. And, of course, Walt Disney uh, Studios brought Mary Poppins to the screen in 1964 in that beloved film titled just that, Mary Poppins. I Again, this is a film that I watched 100 times growing up, and though I probably am a little sick of it and haven't seen it in years, uh, it's still a beloved film, and so the documentary looks mildly interesting. It and and seeing uh, Tom Hanks, I mean, he he un- looks like Walt Disney a lot. I was I was surprised with that mustache and things that he's got going on there. Uh, I did look up a picture of P.L. Travers, and Emma Thompson looks less like her, but will work well enough. Um, apparently, she was not convinced that Walt Disney could bring Mary Poppins to the screen in a way that she would appreciate, and. Uh, I think we're all glad, given the beloved status of the film, that uh, it did happen and that Walt Disney convinced her. And uh, so there's a trailer that you can watch on the upcoming film Saving Mr. Banks. It looks mildly interesting. All right, negotiations for Arrested Development Season 5 are underway, according to, again, Kevin uh, Jagernoth of The Playlist. Variety reports that producer Brian Grazer has revealed that negotiations are now underway for a second season of Netflix, uh, second Netflix season, fifth overall season for Arrested Development. And, well, that seems to be all the intel for now, but the news at least indicates that fans probably won't have to wait another eight years for more wacky antics from the Bluths. 
As far as I'm concerned, this is good news because I'm happy to see more original content coming to places like Netflix and getting away from the traditional network model, so I'm happy to hear that. Uh, even if I'm not a huge fan of Arrested Development, I have been watching some of the original episodes to kind of get caught up before I watch the fourth season, and I haven't been blown away, but it's okay. And finally, let's talk about what you might want to see this weekend. This weekend, we are canceling the apocalypse with Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim is the new release this weekend. Uh, It's the only one that I listed here that I felt like was worth seeing. It is rated PG-13. I did see it last night, and uh, it's a little better probably than I expected. I was a little turned off by the early marketing. It seemed to be strictly a monster movie, and believe me, it is a monster versus machine movie. There's lots of crashing up, uh, you know, smash em up action, and that's not really my thing, but I don't mind it as long as it's paired with a good drama and human interaction. And we did get some of that, although I had could have wished for more, uh, a little more backstory, a little more interaction, a little more human drama, but there was plenty to be had, especially for a summer blockbuster. So I am happy enough with it. Uh, it is a uh, can be a, a violent film at times, and it has a, a pretty much unknown cast. Uh, the only two actors that I were from I I were I was familiar with uh, were Ron Perlman and an actor that I can't remember his name, but he uh, he played Iel. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but in the Star Trek 2009 movie, he was the second in command, Romulan. And then the guy who played the Marshal apparently played Heimdall in Thor, which I uh, did not recognize him because he his face was hardly ever visible in Thor. Uh, so, but other than that, the, the cast was pretty well unknown, and I was I was happy with their performances. So nice t- uh, to find actors I was not familiar with doing a good job. Still in theaters, of course, Despicable Me 2, The Lone Ranger, The Heat, Monsters University, World War Z, White House Down, Man of Steel, This is the End, Now You See Me, and Star Trek Into Darkness. For more on how I feel about those films and whether or not you might want to see them and their ratings and uh, where you can find their trailers and things like that, visit moviebyte.com and view my feature, um, the featured article, uh, What to See. And that is all for this week. You can find the show notes online at moviebyte.com slash the wrap slash 38. If you want to keep up with me, you can follow me on Twitter. I am TJ Draper Pro. You can also follow Movie Byte on Twitter to stay up to date. We're uh, twitter.com slash moviebyte. And you can like Movie Byte on Facebook to stay up to date at moviebyte.com slash, I'm sorry, at facebook.com slash moviebyte. And of course, you can be sure to visit the website where I keep you up to date every weekday at moviebyte.com. And that's it. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a tremendously wonderful weekend.